0: read this up paragraph and I think it's in your bulletin it says at Christmas Christians celebrate Emmanuel God with us the Jewish people long awaited the Messiah who would come to rescue his people from their sins during this Christmas season we will look at why Jesus came to earth our deepest needs and the longings of our heart are only are only met in the person of Jesus Christ now what we have done this year is we have taken a series Uh, throughout this year, and we have uh, based it on one of our core values. And we've made it to our last one here, not necessarily in order. We don't necessarily place our core values in a particular order. Uh, But this core value that we're looking at is, uh, here at Abundant Life, we exist to lead others to Jesus. Our theme for the year is pursue. We pursue God, and in this study, we are pursuing to make more of a commitment to lead other people to Jesus. Now that does not always look like being able to pray the prayer with someone where they receive Christ as their Savior in that moment, but that is the end goal. Uh, as Paul said in one of his letters, he said, you know, you have uh, one guy, he will preach the gospel. You'll have another guy who will come along and he gives the gospel a little bit more, and then someone else will come along and they will be able to lead them to Christ. So as he puts it in farming uh, agricultural terms, one will plant the seed of the gospel, one will water the seed, and the other will come along and will be able to harvest. I uh, introduced you to my friend Cam last week, and you know, just using his story real quick, for a long time it was your mom, right, that prayed for you, your grandma that had prayed for him. So they had told him the gospel. You know, he had heard it. He had heard it from different, other, from different people. And then one day, I'm able to walk into Stuart Haas, and he's just, he's like, okay, I'm ready. Now, had I invested a lot into Cam at that point? Well, I'd gone around and say hi to him at the shop, you know, things like that. But I, I just walked in, and just, I didn't have hours of tears and hours of prayer like his mom and grandma had. So that's what that scripture is talking about. And in this season, as we pursue and we commit to lead others to Jesus, you may be one who plants the seed of the gospel. You may be one who waters the seed of the gospel. But you may just be the person who shows up the right moment at the right time and is able to lead people to the gospel. Because here's what I know. When people come to know Jesus in our services, I, now, yes, I have prayed for those people. I may not have known who I was praying for but you're the ones who've prayed for them. You're the ones who have said, will you come to church with me and hear about this Jesus? I just get to what we call give the altar call where people come to the Lord and bring the harvest, right? We're all in this together. So through this season, that's what we want to do. Today in this uh, What Child Is This series, we're going to talk about how Jesus came to free the prisoners. And we're going to read through Isaiah. You remember how... um, when Jesus came into the temple that we'll look at. Go ahead and turn to Luke 4, by the way. Uh, When Jesus came in, it says that he opened the scroll and he read through Isaiah. So we're going to go through he frees the prisoners today. And um, when I say that, I'm not necessarily talking about a physical release from prison. Um, But that can happen as well, right? That can happen as well. So let's just get into this. I don't need to tell you, as I've already stated, I don't need to tell you about the busyness of the season. Anybody busy so far? Which is one of the reasons why we combined our Christmas party. I, I would love if you all could come to the Christmas party. They're, it's going to be good. We're going to have some singing. We're going to have something special for the kids. Um, that They're going to, you know, well, I don't want to ruin the surprise because it's going to be a surprise for them too. Uh, food and just being able to fellowship with one another and enjoy each other's company. But um Anyway, I don't need to tell you about the busyness of it. I don't need to tell you about the distractions that Christmas can bring with commercialism. Uh, by this, by that. The pressure that you feel to do better this year than you did last year with the gift that you gave. You ever feel that pressure, you know? Well, last year, so-and-so gave me something, so I've got to give them a good gift. Or I gave them this gift last year, so maybe I've got to... And it puts a strain on the family. It puts a strain on the finances. I don't need to tell you all about that. I don't need to talk at length about, you know, as we were saying, the loss of, love, loss of loved ones. These things can hold us in prison during the holiday season. I felt like that. Anybody else? Am I the only one? You know, I have felt like that before. I'm just, I feel under such pressure. What is the perfect why, perfect gift that I can get for my wife? Well, she's already said, her parents are here, so I'm off the hook. <laughs> Merry Christmas, baby. Thanks, Mom and Dad. <laughs> oh, She's back there going, oh, no. <laughs> In the passage, uh, let me just read 2 Timothy to you. I'm not having you turn here, but it's on the screen. 2 Timothy 2.8, it says this. Always remember that Jesus Christ, a descendant of King David, was raised from the dead. This is the good news I preach. Today, we begin this Christmas season with the birth of Christ, of course, but the end game is the fact that He rose from the dead. And we believe that He rose from the dead. If we don't believe that He rose from the dead, then what purpose is this life? That, since He rose from the dead, Scripture says, we can be guaranteed that, yes, this physical body may die, but one day we will live again. In heaven with Jesus. I was talking with Danny at lunch. We went this week and he was saying how his sister just not too long ago had made a commitment to Christ. Danny has hope. He's going to see his sister again. Amen? That's, that's the end game of all of this. So, always remember Jesus. And let's talk about the big deal about, uh, about Christmas. Jesus is quoting the prophet Isaiah, where we're about to get to. This scripture points to a deliverer who was and who is Jesus now don't forget with this first paragraph Israel had been longing for a redeemer she was being held bondage uh, prisoner uh, in slavery and bondage all the things that Israel had been through and they were waiting on this mighty warrior Messiah to come to set them free but Jesus came, and the way that he was going to set them free was not to you know, do away with the government oppression. We feel that, don't we? I mean, at times, we live in the greatest, I believe, we live in the greatest uh, place here on earth. We do have our freedoms. Uh, we do have issues with all of the government. Whether you have a Republican, a Democrat, or Independent in front of your name, there's all kinds of stuff that goes on. But Jesus came to set at liberty those who were prisoners. Luke 4, 16. Jesus comes into the synagogue, much like, well, not much like what we have here today, but sort of a similar setting where people would come to hear uh, the, the reading of Scripture. And he could have turned to anywhere he wanted to turn to. But he began to mark his ministry with this Scripture, Luke four sixteen. When he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the Scriptures. The scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him, and he unrolled the scroll, and he found the place where this was written. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. So he rolled up the scroll, he handed it back to the attendant, and he sat down. That's a great message, isn't it? Right? It's like short, quick, to the point, and we are on our way to Golden Corral. You know, it, it was that quick. But it says all the eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. Then he began to speak to them. The scripture you have just heard has been fulfilled this very day. Jesus was making a bold statement because the leaders of the synagogue did not believe that he was the Messiah. They would not believe that he was the Messiah. But he was coming to say, this is my earthly mission. My point is to do all of these things that I just read, to bring good news to the poor, to proclaim captives that they will be released, the blind will see, um, the oppressed will be set free, and the time of the Lord's favor will come. We'll unpack this here in just a few moments. So... These verses, I want you to catch this, these verses are a summary of Jesus' ministry. You see that, right? You can read throughout the Gospels how Jesus did this, he did that uh, throughout his ministry. This is a summary of what he was going to do and what he did do. We are going to look at who Jesus is throughout this series and why he came. Well, we just read it, but this series we're going to unpack all of that. All of these types of people that are listed in this scripture are in some sort of prison. Some type of prison, emotionally, physically, spiritually, as you look through this. One type of the people that he mentions here is that the gospel is for the poor. Now, if I look around today, we're not very poor here in the United States. Now, you may think you're poor. There's times I think I'm poor, but man, we are so blessed. You know, we partner with Jamaica. Uh, we've been there for three years now. Uh, I've been there for four, um, just as far as our relationship goes. There's poverty there. Dean and Rachel are back with our kids today. I think, right? Um, they just came back from Niger. We saw the pictures. There's there's poverty that's there. Um, But we're not talking about the type of poverty where you don't have any money in your wallet or in your bank account. I don't have money in my wallet because we have debit cards now, right? It's probably better to do cash. But, you know, I may not have money in my wallet, but I am not poor. Um, but we're not talking about money today. When he says he came to set the poor free, he was talking on a spiritual level. He was talking on an emotional level, whatever it is that we may be facing. And yes, I do believe he was even talking on uh, maybe even a financial level uh, as well. So the powerful gospel that we are talking about the today is that... Um, The powerful gospel is for the poor. The gospel of Jesus Christ is powerful. It is powerful. The gospel has a way to set us free, and it's for the poor. Let me read to you Luke 6.20. Just keep your place here in Luke 4. But Luke 6.20 says this. Then Jesus turned to his disciples and said, God blesses you who are poor, for the kingdom of heaven is yours. Now it sounds to me like people who recognize that they are poor, in some scriptures it say, in some translations it says in spirit, when you are poor, you are really blessed. Why is that? Because you recognize your need for God. I need God. I need Jesus in my life. I cannot get through this life without him. I keep going back to Danny, but it's because I love you so much. But we were we were talking this week, and you know, I don't see how people can make it through death. You know, the, on the, those of us who are left. I don't see how people can make it without the peace and the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Because it's hard enough, right, Danny? It's hard enough, but without God. But we have, we recognize our need for Him. Matthew 5, 3 says it this way. Same scripture, just in Matthew instead of Luke. God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for Him. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. You want the kingdom of heaven? What is the kingdom of heaven? Man, that's all of God's righteousness, God's blessing that he has for us. Yeah, recognize that you are poor in spirit and that you can't do this life on your own. You need a savior. You need God. And I'm talking about just the moment of salvation. As believers, we recognize we need Jesus. I woke up today. Praise God for that. But you know what? I need strength for today. I need strength, I need the Holy Spirit to lead me throughout this day. Matthew and Luke are emphasizing spiritual poverty. When we recognize our need for him, yes, the kingdom is ours. When you recognize your need, you immediately call out to God. Have you ever asked yourself this, God, why are you letting this happen to me? Why is it? Maybe you've said this before. God, where are you? Am I the only one? You know, God, okay, your word says this. I'm not experiencing this, what you said. You know what? You're at a place of spiritual poverty, and you're recognizing your need for him. Will he come through? Yes, he is. His word is true. Weeping may last for the night the scripture says, there's a time frame there where weeping may last, difficulties may last, but joy is guaranteed to come in the morning. I see Miss B here today. It was just on Thursday, right? Friday, Friday and Saturday. She was in the hospital, right? We're thinking, Lord, just bring her through. Well, he brought her here. So Miss B, is so good to see you. Yes. The name of Jesus is bigger than the name of cancer. The name of Jesus is bigger than kidneys not functioning properly. The name of Jesus, we recognize our need for him. We call on Jesus in the hospital. And we're thankful that he chose to answer by getting you healthy to a place where you could be back here with us today. Amen. Thank God for that. We recognize our need for him. But we ask, why is this happening? Where are you? See, we can have all the material wealth in the world and yet be poor. What are we chasing after? I want you to ask yourself this during this Christmas season. What am I chasing after? Am I pursuing the things more than Jesus? and I'm not. This is not me pointing my fingers today. This is my mom always taught me this. When you point your finger at someone, you've got three pointing right back at you. Anybody, your mom, mom ever tell you that before, <laughs> Tommy? Yeah. When you point your finger, you got three pointing right. What is David pursuing this Christmas season? Now, I love Christmas time. You all need to ride by my house, 339 Brook Glen Drive. We have lights at our house. We have a snowman saying, let it snow. We have a little penguin inflatable. We even have a dinosaur, my favorite one. We have a dinosaur that his head moves back and forth, and he's got a present in his mouth like he's ripping it open. We love Christmas. We do. And we got that when the boys were smaller, so it was for them, not for me. Don't tell my secret, Gabe. We love Christmas, even the material side of it. You know, it's, it's fun. It, it really is. But Jesus, cliche, is the reason for the season. So not only is it cliche, it's a powerful truth. Amen. Praise God for that. This powerful gospel is for the captives, not just physically. This powerful gospel is for the blind to receive sight, not just the physically, right? We, we talk about Stasha all the time. We're believing that as much as we love West, we're believing that she will not need West's assistance one of these days. Praise God for that. So, um, we talk about spiritually blind. Folks who can't see this far in front of them because of everything that's going on. You know what? Jesus came to remove the blinders so that they could see what is going on. This powerful gospel proclaims the Lord's favor now I want to talk about this just for a moment. Leviticus 25. You don't have to turn here, but if you're taking notes, you can look at um, Leviticus 25 later. It talks about the year of jubilee. Okay? Can we? Jubilee just sounds like a fun word, doesn't it? Like jubilee. I don't know how you would say that, but it just it sounds like a fun word, and it is jubilee. Look at what jubilee was. Jubilee was the year of return. It was every 50 years. Okay? This is how it was set up. At the end of every 50 year. Land was returned to the original owner. So if you had leased it out or you know, sold it out or however that worked during that time frame, it was returned to the original owner. Slaves were freed. So if you were at the point where, let's just say I was so poor and it had been a bad farming year and I had to sell my children into slavery, this is a real thing that happened right at this time. At the end of 50 years, the prisoners would be set free. This was the year of Jubilee. Jesus came to say, you know what, the things that you have lost I'm returning at this moment. Loans were forgiven. How many of you have a mortgage? How many of you have a car payment? You know, and it's like the 49th year and you're five years into your loan and like next year it's forgiven. Somebody holla, right? (laughs) Loans were forgiven. Here's the bottom line. People start on a clean slate, and Jesus was saying this, I have come to give you a clean slate to start on. Anybody need a clean slate to start on? I'm not talking just financially. That would be great. But I'm talking in your life with the Lord. You need a clean slate. You know what? I've done this in my past. I've done that in my past. I messed up this way. I could give you a list this morning. But when Jesus came to proclaim the year, the, the year of the Lord's favor, he said, David, you have a clean slate from this point forward. Your sins are remembered no more. Your mistakes in the past are remembered no more. This is the year of the Lord's favor. The Messiah has come. Jesus is here. What child is this? I'm talking to you about Jesus. He has come. The gospel is powerful to give us a clean slate from bondage. Yesterday, um, five of us, seven of us went down to Love Life Charlotte. And uh, you've heard us talk about that. If you haven't heard, if you've been here just recently and haven't heard about Love Life Charlotte, that is a march uh, that they have, a prayer march that they have for 40 weeks out of the year to um, pray that abortion will end in Charlotte. We believe in life We do. Now, yes, there have been many Christian groups who have uh, passed judgment. Many Christian groups who have come down hard on. And yes, is abortion a sin? We believe so because it's the taking of an innocent life. Absolutely, we believe that. But what's the proper way to address this? Through love and prayer and allowing the Holy Spirit to do His work. Okay, That's, that's what we believe. And so, anyway, we've partnered with Love Life Charlotte. Uh, this past year, and this was the second time that we went down just to, to pray uh, during this time. So um, the lady, there were some ladies there and husbands as well or boyfriends as well that came up on the platform. And some of them had had an abortion, and some of them were planning on it, but the Holy Spirit just stopped them that particular day, Right. And they were able to declare that God's favor had come in their life. There was one couple that was was a married couple that was there. And they were saying how, um, you know, the the, the husband had just gotten injured at work. He lost his job. He couldn't go back to work because he had messed up his knee really bad and apparently didn't have workers' comp or anything like that. Didn't give all the details of that. But anyway, they found out they were going to have a baby. She's the only one working. They already have a child, and they're thinking, we just can't afford it. And they didn't know any different. So they're on their way to the clinic, and they see people out there praying. By the way, normally there are 50 abortions a day on Saturday. Yesterday, there were only four or five that happened. Praise God for that. Praise God for that. Anyway, this couple was up there, and they said, we talked with some people that were there from the the organization, and we decided that we were going to give life a chance. We didn't know how we were going to make it work. You know what Love Life Charlotte did? Gave them a Thanksgiving meal, gave them a Christmas tree, gave them presents for their children, and said, not only are we wanting to talk you out of having abortion and giving life, we want the slate to be clean for you guys. Jesus came to set you free, right? There was a worker on last uh, Wednesday, or last Monday, she had been there for 12 years, Twelve years she had been there, facilitating ladies coming. And she said the the, the group was outside praying. They weren't yelling. They were just praying. And I just felt that I could not do this anymore. So on Monday, I walked out. On Tuesday, she gave her life to Jesus. I'm going to back that up a moment. On Monday, she walked out of the clinic. On Tuesday, she gave her life to Jesus. Praise God for that. A clean slate. Now, in my natural mind, I'm thinking, yeah, but look at all you've done in the past. Look at how many babies you facilitated. The gospel is powerful. It erases all of that. When sin has been committed, it comes in and says, I've, I, I, all your sins, I've cast them as far as the east is to the west. Cast them into the sea of forgetfulness. That is a powerful gospel. God, I don't know about you, but for me sometimes, when somebody sins against me, it may take me a little bit to forgive them. Lord, help me with that. But look at what we're talking about. Clean slate. How much more has the powerful gospel been made available to all of our lives in here? Praise God for that. The message of the cross frees those who recognize their need for him, the spiritually poor. I want to ask you a question. What is your guilt that you've been carrying? I, I just, as I was preparing this this week, I just sensed the Holy Spirit saying that there are people in your congregation, God was saying in my church, that have carried guilt for years. Nobody knows about it. And he has come to make you free Today. That guilt that you've been carrying for, and I'm talking, I almost felt like it was a 20 plus year thing that you've been carrying. God has come to set you free. The powerful gospel of Jesus Christ. What is your guilt? It's a debt. In the year of Jubilee, it's wiped clean. What is your sin? Again, this may be something that you have held on to. Usually guilt comes because of sin. This may be something that you've held on to for years. And I'm looking at every single one of you because I don't know who it is. God didn't reveal that to me or he didn't reveal that to me. God has come to set you free. What is your guilt? What is your sin? God has come You know I don't want you to feel burdened today because Jesus brought freedom. What child is this? The freedom giver. Thank God for that. Jesus paid it all. It's a song Miss Vicky. <laughs> Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. It's an old song. Wow. You ever tried to get red (laughs) Kool-Aid? We we used to have kids and red Kool-Aid would be in the house. You get it on some type of fabric, it's not coming out. But the blood of Jesus is so powerful, it washes things white as snow. We must receive from him. The gospel... Is powerful for the poor. The gospel addresses our deepest needs. Ephesians 2 1. Um, I'll tell you what, you go ahead and turn to 2 Corinthians 4. I'm going to read Ephesians 2 uh, to you while you're turning there. Ephesians 2 1 says this Once you were dead because of your disobedience and many sins. Okay, now we're talking to everybody in here today. You were good as dead because of your disobedience to God and your many sins. But God, I love that phrase. If, as a matter of fact, if you have your Bible, just kind of circle, underline. If you have, uh, you know, you're using your phone and you've got your Bible on there, highlight just but God if you can. You were once dead, but God, who is so rich in mercy, he loved us so much that even though we were dead, Because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised up Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. The gospel is powerful. 2 Corinthians 4.4, it says, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. For God, who said, let there be light in the darkness, had made this light shine in our hearts so that we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. What child is this? We're talking about Jesus Christ. He is God. And there's a powerful gospel. The gospel is powerful. It brings life and it meets our deepest need. Secondly, this is, we'll close with this before we go into communion. God is powerful. Oh, he's mighty. He's almighty. He's amazing. Luke 4:22. We've been in Luke, so we're going to remain there for the rest of the scriptures that we have. Everyone spoke well of Jesus and was amazed at, amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. How can this be? They asked. Isn't this Joseph's son? Then he said, You will undoubtedly quote me this proverb physician heal yourself meaning miracle, do miracles here in your hometown like you did in other areas but i tell you the truth no prophet is except in his own hometown now the people here in jesus hometown could not see him as god even though he worked miracles god works miracles and sometimes we still doubt him how many have you and you don't have to raise your hand but how many of you god has done a miracle in your life well you got up this morning but then I find myself at times where another situation comes up, and what do I immediately do? I doubt. Lord, forgive me of that one, too. Jesus was no ordinary man. He was and he is all-powerful. Jesus is God-made flesh. Emmanuel, we just sang that today. God, so when you're singing Emmanuel, and you're like, what in the world is Emmanuel? It just means God, among flesh, God flesh among us, and that's Jesus. Uh, we're in Luke. If you'll just turn a couple places to Luke seven eighteen, it says this John's two disciples found Jesus and said to him John the Baptist sent to ask us are you the Messiah we've been expecting or should we keep looking for another Messiah at that very time Jesus cured many of the people of their diseases he healed them of illnesses evil spirits were cast out and he restored the sight to many who were blind then he told John's disciples, go back and tell John, tell him what you've seen and heard. The blind see, one day we're going to proclaim Stasha sees. I say that almost every Sunday. Why is that? I believe Jesus. I'm not pursuing the healing more than I'm pursuing Jesus either, by the way. We're pursuing Jesus. Your name be glorified. So the blind see, let me get back to where I was. Um, Thank you. Yes, people who are lame, they walk. Then let's look at verse 22. Um, those who, who had leprosy, they're cured. The deaf hear. The dead are raised to life, and the good news is being preached to the poor. And he added, God blesses those who do not fall away because of me, is what Jesus was saying. So not only did Jesus say he's the Son of God, but he showed he was the Son of God through workings and miracles. And you know what? He's doing it here today. We heard Dean last week over in Niger. He put his hand on the guy who had, uh, it sounded like a broken leg, over in Niger, had a motorcycle accident. Dean said, I put my hand on his legs and I prayed in Jesus' name. He said, I've never experienced anything like this, but I could feel the bones popping back into place. That was from Dean. Is Dean, miracle, is Dean magical? No. No. He called on the presence of God, and Jesus, who is our healer, did his work. Lord, let that happen here at Abundant Life. Let that happen here in the United States. God is powerful. There's no need to look for another. Why is the gospel good news to those who recognize their need for him? Because Jesus is the one whom the gospel is about. He is the gospel. He sustains us through our times of need and depravity. This message is for everybody. Our core value states we exist to lead others to Jesus. Let me close out with Luke 4:25. Certainly, there were many needs, there were many need, needy widows in Israel during Elisha's time, Elijah's time. When the heavens were closed for three and a half years and a severe famine devastated the land, yet Elijah was not sent to any of them, he was sent instead to a foreigner. He wasn't sent to the people of Israel. He was sent to a foreigner, um, a widow of Zarephath in the land of Sidon. And many in Israel had leprosy at the time of prophet Elisha. But the only one healed was Naaman, who was a Syrian. He wasn't even an Israelite. When they heard this, the people at the synagogue were furious. What do you mean God's not here to heal these people? He went to go heal other people. But jumping up, they mobbed him, and they forced him to the edge of the hill on which the town was built. They intended to put Jesus push him over the cliff, but he passed right through the crowd and went on his way. The gospel cannot be hindered. Do you need something from Jesus today? First of all, seek Jesus. The gospel will not be hindered. Are you in the middle of a night season? Rejoice because joy comes in the morning. I don't know when your morning time is coming. But it's coming. We are compelled to share him with others. Just as here there were foreigners, right? There's people who are not at Abundant Life today. That my prayer is they will be here next Sunday because they came to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ through you this week. This week you have the opportunity to go present hope. that We just just lit the candle of hope this morning. Where is your hope? You say to your co-workers. Why do you have so much hope? They ask you. Tell them about Jesus. I'm going to ask that the, uh, those on the worship team will come on up. Kelsey's going to be singing us a song here in just a moment as we're preparing for communion. And I want to tell you, Jesus is the one who sets us free. The hope of the gospel reached the widow, the hope of the gospel reached Naaman. The hope of the gospel has reached many in this room, and it can reach you too. It reached a 12-year abortion worker. There was another leader of Planned Parenthood up in Winston-Salem, exact same thing, a few weeks ago, said, you know what, I can't do this anymore. She was at the rally yesterday saying, I'm done with taking lives of babies. The gospel has gotten a hold of me. Today I want to ask you, Do you know Jesus as your Savior, the hope of the world? You have all the different things that are facing you during this season. I want to give you an opportunity this morning, right now as a matter of fact, to receive Jesus as your Savior. If you've come in here today and you say, you know what, I need this Jesus. I need this hope of the gospel. I've been in prison for my own guilt and sin for years, and I know that what you're telling me, that only Jesus can free me from this to give me eternal life in heaven. Is there anybody you say, "I I need Jesus today? Anybody at all? for the first time anybody all right so here's the thing as I say every Sunday we get to go present the gospel to other people this morning as the uh ushers you can go ahead and come on forward and as a matter of fact um, if you just want to play a little something I know you got to do your whole intro and everything but I, I just man the Holy Spirit's wanting to do something today and I know he will through this song but you don't have to be a member of Abundant Life, by the way, just real quick instruction to receive communion. Um, you can receive from, communion from them today, um, but you just have to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what the Word of God says, okay? It's not our rules. It's from the Word of God. So we invite you to, as the, as the trays go around, just grab um, a little wafer that's in the smaller trays there, and then grab a juice that is in the bigger trays here, and hold on to that. Okay, what is this all about? Maybe you've never had communion before. The wafer, matter of fact, I'm going to go ahead and grab mine real quick. The wafer here represents, uh, as Scripture talks about in Corinthians, uh, the wafer represents the, the body of Jesus that was broken for our healing. Why did Jesus suffer and die on the cross? Two reasons. One was for our healing, physical, spiritual, emotional healing. That's why his body, he took stripes upon his back. The, the juice that we have here is a representation of the blood of Jesus, Now, why is this so important? Because we knew it took the blood of Jesus to free us from our sins. That's what Scripture tells us today. It took a sacrifice to make things right. And so, uh, ushers, if you'll go ahead and pass this, hold this to the end. We'll come together and we'll pray. As Kelsey comes to sing this song, I just want you to close your eyes. I want you to picture where you are at this moment in your relationship with the Lord and just, just allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you this morning.
1: Fear is changing, nothing stays the same. Heaven is waiting for the mention of the name. The spirit is moving, burning like a flame, healing the broken by the one we broke. Julie.
0: Church, can we just lift up the name of Jesus in this place this morning? Lord Jesus, your name is the name that is above all other names. You've come to set us free. You've come to remove guilt. You're the one who has come to give us life, and we rejoice in that today. We hold the uh, symbol of your body in our hand, this bread. And God, as we get ready to partake of this today, I know there's many in here that are not well. We want to receive life and healing from you today. In Jesus' name, church, you can take the bread this morning. Father, we're thankful as we're reminded that, God, you so loved the world, that you gave your only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but we'll have eternal life. And so today, as we hold this juice in our hand, it's a reminder of the blood of Jesus that was shed, that was spilled for us, that we could have eternal life and that we could have salvation through Jesus Christ. So today we partake in thanksgiving, remembering your blood that was shed for us. We can receive the juice today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You can pass your cups to the end of the aisle and the ushers will be around in just a moment to receive those what child is this we're talking about jesus christ today i want to encourage you this week take the hope of jesus with you if you're facing any of these things on yourself receive freedom today but also know you have the message of deliverance within your heart to give to others amen can we stand this morning to ask Mr. Stowe to come up and pray with us um, as we're dismissed today. If you need prayer in any area of your life, maybe you need to receive Jesus today, come down front. Miss Vicki will be finished playing uh, in a moment if you want to kind of take over when she's done. Uh, but they will be here to pray for you this morning, any need that you may have um, physically, spiritually, emotionally, and uh, they'll be willing to pray for you. So will you pray us out of here this morning? Stasha and I'll see you at the back. We love you.